So, so to today's podcast, we are going to be talking about um, one of our alumni distinguished. His name is Frank Thomas Jr. And Frank Thomas Jr. is known um, for some of that sweet treats that all of us enjoy whenever we're going through that drive through of it. Um, Frank actually graduated from Purdue with uh, a degree in mechanical engineering in 1941. Have you ever heard of Frank Thomas Jr.? Do you know the name? I haven't. You haven't, but you might have known his invention. He actually created uh, the General Equipment Company, which was a small company to sell him and his brother's inventions, which happened to be what, Calvin? Well, one of them, uh, among the many of them, was the first soft serve ice cream machine. So, you know, go to Dairy Queen, exactly. you got him to thank for that. <laughs> and with that, we, of course, have some soft serve for us all to try a little bit of. You know, you always got to remember, you know, the inventor with trying some of his sweet treats as well. So cheers to Frank Thomas Jr. on that. Yep, cheers. Cheers, cheers to that. Um, and so Frank, uh, he also, during this time, um, founded the fast food chain uh, Burger Chef, which he also made flame-broiled beef patties. And it was a grill that would help create that and also would speed up that. And he is also credited then with the invention of the soft serve ice cream. So everything you could need out of a burger restaurant, right? A burger and some soft serve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He covered all the bases there. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, that grill that Nick was just talking about actually ended up being used in Burger King. And then Burger Chef, which he started, grew to over a 1,000 stores. And then it was, along with the soft serve ice cream machine, later acquired by General Foods, which morphed into Hardee's. So his legacy wow. still lives on today, that's for sure. You can see him on every corner then, right? You see <laughs> yeah. <every time>. yeah. <laughs> when you see Hardee's or you know Burger King, you can think about Frank Thomas Jr., right? So um, do you have a f- specific flavor of soft serve you are a fan of, Dr. Oland? Ooh. Uh, uh, I've never been a big... Big soft serve person. Okay. But I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to say chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, that's yeah. good. The swirls, I always love. That's that's mm-hmm. one of the best inventions with the soft serve. You get a little yes. swirl little in there. Beige. It's really, really good. Um, Calvin, what's your favorite one? Uh, if it's between the chocolate vanilla and the swirl, definitely the swirl. swirl. Okay. Yeah. And I have to agree with that one. I think it gives you the good mix of the two of them. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into this week's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Break with Purdue Engineering, the gateway to your next giant leap. In this podcast series, we discuss the many engineering programs and majors here at Purdue through conversational interviews between current Purdue students and Purdue staff and faculty. I'm Nick Buffo, a senior in biomedical engineering, continuing on to medical school in the fall of 2024. And I'm Calvin Given, a current junior in electrical engineering with a minor in business economics. We really hope you enjoy our show, and it helps answer some of the questions about what it's like to be an engineering student here at Purdue. All right. Welcome back to this week's episode, um, where we'll be hearing about some of the purpose, opportunities, and the overview of Purdue's first-year engineering program and engineering education here. Um, I am actually one of your hosts, Nick Buffo, as the name suggests. And I am Calvin Given, and this week we're joined by the Associate Head of Operations for the School of Engineering Education, Dr. Matthew Oland. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Matt Oland. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Oland. Um, will you give yourself some of your background and where you, you know, kind of ended up where you are today and, you know, how you got to the position you're in? Uh, sure. Uh, so I, uh, I have a general engineering degree from Swarthmore College, uh, which actually positioned me well to be more of a generalist, um, which fits really well with where I am now. So I ended up getting master's degrees from RPI in materials and uh, mechanical engineering, and then a civil engineering PhD from University of Florida. 
And uh, so now that I'm in the first year engineering program here where we uh, try to prepare students for all the disciplines of engineering, I think it actually helps me that I'm not like committed to like selling students on one particular discipline of engineering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, and you yourself have studied many disciplines of engineering. You study the generalist yeah. and you had your civil and mechanical as well, which is awesome. Um, and then how did you end up back here at Purdue? Where did you find yourself in West Lafayette? Indiana? So when I graduated with my PhD, um, positions like what I have now, where you can actually mm -hmm. do research in engineering education as a faculty member in engineering, uh, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and so um, I started my faculty career at Clemson University, oh, um, wow. where okay, they were okay. willing to take a chance. They said, hey, like we have someone retiring from our first year engineering program there, which they call general engineering. Um, and, you know, did you want to come and maybe be a faculty member? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of what I've been waiting for. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, so they took a chance on me and it worked out well. Uh, I found out that my uh, my associate dean like actually called my uh, the person I worked for at Florida and like mocked him for not keeping me at Florida. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good boost there, right? Yeah. Like, I, I called him yeah. to say, Hey, I like, I wanted you to let you know, I just, I got this really big grant. He's like, yeah, I already heard. <laughs> like, Ooh, that's, awesome. Ooh. that's cold. Um, so, uh, and then by the time I got tenure at Clemson, uh, the department here in engineering education, the school had been founded. And okay. uh, mm -hmm. so they were really interested, um, partly because I was further along in my career, um, partly because like they were, they had really committed that it was a thing. And so they yeah. were growing the program. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> it was time. Yeah. Yep. You're ready to be a Boilermaker. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we can start to get into kind of the, some of the, the nitty gritty of, of first year engineering and engineering education here. So let's just start off really what, what is the purpose of the first year engineering program that you've mentioned? Um, and then what should students really kind of get out of the program? So the purpose and what, you know, what's the whole mission and what, what, why do we do what we do? Yeah. So, I mean, so a part of it is just like sort of the, what, you know, what do students need to know to move into whatever field of engineering they go into. But the reason why we do it in this um, sort of general space is um, students, um, students have ideas about what they might want to major in, mm. yep. but half of them change their minds. Yes. And yeah. I think it's like 40%, right? Yeah. Like, it's, and, it's no, crazy. and the, the, the thing is, like, I mean, I, if we knew which ones were going to stay where they thought they wanted to be, mm -hmm. we would like put them there right away. Yeah. Right. And it would be <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah. Because they would be able to like get into, you know, they'd be able to dig deep into a particular discipline immediately. Right. But, but we, we haven't, ever found the way to figure out which ones actually know where they want to end up. Mm -hmm. um, so like half of them, uh, the half that change their minds are just as they have just as good grades as the ones that don't change their minds. Right. They're, they're mm -hmm. just as confident as the ones that change their minds. They're just <laughs> like, we're like, well, we're out of ideas. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the, the, that other part of it, other than sort of the, what do students need to know to get into any of the engineering programs is just to give them the opportunity to make an informed decision. Yeah. Um, to learn about what's out there the fact that engineering is this interdisciplinary space anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, they say, oh, I want to work on, uh, I want to work on in like energy systems. Yeah. Cool. You could do that from mechanical engineering, mm -hmm. chemical engineering, electrical yep. engineering. Like there's, I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. all of them pretty much touch it. We <laughs> right. I mean, so it's like, yeah. Th so it's like, okay, what, like, where do you exactly what you want to do? Because we could put you anywhere right. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's the approach you take to each one of those. And it's kind of how that student has the mindset and the passion that they have helps guide, the, guide them in. Right. So students come in really not having to make that decision, right? They come into that first right. engineering decision, get to take some classes and learn what it means to really be an engineer 
and then get to make that decision be in engineering, like which one they want to go into. They yeah. help to kind of find, I'm guessing, um, as well in the first year engineering, how do they kind of find some of those passions? Are there any sort of things that they do? Um, and then how, you know, do they really explore? You know, how do you find what type of engineering you want to do in first year engineering? Here? Yeah, so, I mean, so we have some kind of basic ways that um, help students explore, like uh, all the different schools, the departments have made videos of like, this is us yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, right, and then... Uh, they also had a majors fair, like yesterday actually, <laughs> uh, was a majors fair where they got to actually, like students got to come in and talk to people like, hey, I'm trying to decide. Like I was super into robotics, right? Which we get a lot of, right? Yeah. But like, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I want to go like electrical where I'm like designing the electronics or computer where I'm like, like I'm running the things or mechanical where I'm building the, the mechanical systems that are involved. Like, right. And so they're trying to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And so they go and talk to all those people about like, Ooh, you know, help me figure out where I want to end up. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, and of course, um, we also, uh, even just in the sort of the context that we use for, um, the projects that they do and the homework assignments that they do, we try to sort of rotate around the different disciplines to yeah. get students practice, uh, thinking about like, what kind of work would you do in these different disciplines. In the different disciplines. Did yeah. you know exactly which one you wanted to go into, Cal? Oh, I had. I was considering, like, maybe <laughs> I want to do mechanical, maybe okay. I want to do biomedical, which oh, I know you ended up yeah. doing, or maybe I want to do electrical. So basically, I was interested in the entire <laughs> spectrum of what engineers <laughs> can do. And it really was the first year engineering program that, in part, that drew me to Purdue because mm-hmm. I wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to be. And I right. that was a lot of pressure to make a decision that could impact the rest of my life before I even got into college. Uh, so taking that year and being able to actually do some projects that were tailored more towards mechanical engineering versus mm-hmm. electrical engineering uh, versus like civil or industrial engineering and then being able to figure out, okay, I like this aspect of that project, this aspect of the other project. And then that coupled with those uh, videos and information sessions that mm-hmm. the majors put on uh, helped me make the decision in electrical engineering. And I, I have enjoyed the major <laughs> so far. I mean, of That's course, there's, there's the ups and downs. Yes. But overall, I'm very happy with my decision. And part of that, the reason that I am happy with it is because of the first year program. First year program. I actually came in, I was kind of a, I knew I wanted to go biomedical. Um, and that was fueled by my desire to go to medical school and want to move on to it being a doctor. But um, we were doing those sessions, those information sessions, and I was watching some of the videos and went and talked to, and I found if I did not go into medicine, I would do civil engineering and I would do mass transit design because I'm intrigued. I love like mass transit, you know, moving systems with people. And then I was like, wait a second, you can make an entire career out of just designing the the tracks and the stations and making sure that, you know, people are flowing right way. Mm -hmm. And you get into ergonomics, you get into all these different things that it's like, oh my God, I unlocked a a whole world of possibilities here. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, hold on. I wanted to be a doctor, but now I'm like, I'm shifting over back and forth. But, you know, well, suddenly you're thinking about like, oh, my God, maybe I need to make for industrial engineering exactly. so that I can plan plan the, it all, all of the logistics <laughs> of the operation. Yeah. And it was great because I think I would not have ever had that exposure had I didn't had I not done first year engineering. Um, and it kind of helped, you know, <laughs> give me a, you know, I don't want to say a backup plan, but gave me another thing that I'm passionate about and would want to do. But again, I kind of came and knew I wanted I want to do biomedical and stuck with it um, just because of that desire to go to medical school. But here we are, I could have done civil engineering and still think it's interesting to this day. And if I have way, some way, shape or form to work in that, I will. I hopefully will one day. But yeah. I think it's really great to see that and how we can kind of, you know, merge all of our different mindsets. Because, again, a lot of engineers have very similar 
you know, background knowledges and training ways and how to think about the problems and then how they approach it and how they, you know, what they're specifically adding it to is kind of how we get into those different majors. Yeah. So. And a lot of times we even use the same equations themselves and it's just a matter <laughs> of what we're applying those equations to. I always love it with biomedical because we joke, it's always like throwing it towards like the human body, right? So it's like, yeah. you may be studying, you know, uh, current on a wire and I'm like, okay, well here's blood in an artery, you know, yeah. and we're, we're yeah. both applying or when we look at flow systems, like, you know, sewage and all of those things. I'm like, well, we also have sewage in our body circulating the blood. So it's, it's fun how it's such basic principles that we can apply to, you know, those kind of cool you know, aspects. And that's engineering. That's that's engineering at its core. Right? Yes. And that's all. Oh, yeah. Like I heard it all from me. My sister went more the biomedical route. Yeah. And, like I got to hear like, like I'm looking at like, how do I pull apart uh, like nylon to find out what its properties <laughs> are? And she's yeah. like, nylon? I'm working with knee ligaments. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, and the cool different. thing is, yeah, then nylon's also used in the body as well in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, again, it's full circle with everything. So <laughs> I love that about the first year engineering program. You can kind of find, you know, what that is. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll move on to our next question for you. Uh, what are the different courses that students take during their first year? And is there elective space so that maybe someone who's dead set on mechanical engineering can take an introductory class to mechanical engineering and figure out if that's actually where they want to end up or just get a jump start on the program? And then also, how does like AB or AP and IB credit factor in to the first year engineering program here? Is right. it a cookie cutter program? Yeah, and, and those are right, and those are actually really nicely linked questions uh, because sort of how much flexibility you have definitely depends on what kind of credit you bring in, right? Mm -hmm. um, so um, even if even if someone doesn't bring any credit, and we, I mean, I'm I'm a professor here. One of my kids grew up here, went to Purdue Aerospace Engineering, right? So. Um, like we didn't stress him out about like, you know, you got to make sure you have a ton of AP courses and uh, that you jump way ahead in the curriculum, right? Because there's even, even if you don't, there's still flexibility. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the university has general education requirements, the whole foundational curriculum thing. Um, you, you, there are certain things you need to do just to be a Purdue graduate, regardless of engineering. And um, within that, uh, the different majors frequently will like make suggestions, right? It's like, hey, like you've got all of these different things that you have to sort of check off. And, you know, if you wanted to do it in as few credits as possible, you would do some of these, right? They would make some suggestions, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, uh, and by doing that, you can sort of optimize how much extra space you have to do other stuff too. Right. Um, but the, um, but AP and IB and um, dual enrollment also um, where students bring in some credit that counts somewhere in the curriculum. Uh, what they'll do is they'll have a discussion with their advisor, right? So someone say, for example, who has AP credit for like Calc 1, right? Um, the first calculus course, um, which is that's the first one in the curriculum. So they would like potentially they could skip that one and start in the second one, which mm -hmm. not surprisingly is called Calc 2. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking even your your viewers probably could figure that one out. Yeah. Um, you know, but maybe they don't, like, maybe the place where they took Calc 1, like, maybe they didn't feel like they were super confident, right? So they don't want to yep. jump ahead, but take advantage of the fact that they feel like they know what they're doing, right? Um, but, um, but where you do, you know, where people do have credits that they bring in, they can take that as extra flexibility. Now, the extra flexibility could mean... I'm going to plug in some interesting electives and do a thing, right? And mm -hmm. the thing could yep. be, 
I'm thinking I'm going to get an MBA at some time while I'm here, and there are some programs where that you can integrate that into your engineering program. Cool. Some people are like, I would just like to take things a little bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to try and shove in a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then other people are like, uh, I mean, we've got people here who are like, I would like to double major with political science because I would like to do like <laughs> international food service engineering. And they end up like taking a multidisciplinary engineering pathway where they like make up their own degree program. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that you have that flexibility. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, kind of with me and, and some of the questions we sometimes get is, is you know, taking a pre-med approach as well and or mm. pre-law mm -hmm. or pre-professional and being able to jumpstart on those courses as well. And that was one I'm of the sure things. I'm sure you did that. that. Yeah, and I did. I did. I stacked a lot of earlier on that allowed me to graduate actually in a semester early. So I graduated three and a half. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. But it was cool because I could actually do that at Purdue and it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't rigid. I I can make it my own and keep it flexible. And I also mm -hmm. have students that, you know, do that four plus one program where they're starting their master's early and they're getting their master's in engineering in a, in a year following as well. So all of those, again, I think speaks to the flexibility and being able to add those courses in or whatever. Yeah, I'm actually doing both the four plus one program and graduating undergrad a semester <laughs> early because exactly. I came in with credits yeah. and had that flexibility. When I used it in first year, uh, I actually ended up start getting a jump start on my minor because I was oh, wow. interested in doing some sort of business uh, adjacent minor. So I said, okay, I really enjoyed macroeconomics in high school. <laughs> and so I started by taking microeconomics and then just kind of took an econ class every semester and used those as my gen eds to get the minor that I have as well. Right. And so there's a ton of things you can do with the flexibility and it's built in just from even if you don't come in with any credit but the more credit you come in as dr olin was saying the more flexibility you're gonna have and that's actually one of the things that i wanted to also you know correct me if i'm wrong dr olin but you know if i have no transfer credits coming in or no ap or ib credits am i still going to graduate in four years from purdue engineering it, it could happen exactly exactly yeah. right we're built on four years right yep. at here mm -hmm. um and so all the programs are that way so for those students who maybe don't have ap ib or transfer credits coming in you still graduate in four years or if you do you can help make that you know experience in add-on you know minors majors whatever that is that you float your boat and other students that want to do it you can really make this make this experience your own so that's one of the cool things that i always like to make sure we talk about is that you don't have to have these transfer credits it can only do you know it only is a positive but there's no negative to not having any in as well so also that also leads us into our next question so now i'm, I'm ready to be a purdue engineer right dr oland i'm ready i'm starting the first year engineering program and i saw there's four different tracks that there are mm -hmm. and that students can take advantage of these so can you kind of briefly describe what are these four tracks yeah, and then kind sure. of you know what's associated with them Sure. Yeah. No. It, and right there, these different pathways. That again, it, it's this. It's part of this uh, allowing students to customize their experience. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I'll save sort of the the one that has the most students. I'll save for last. Right. Perfect. So um, <laughs> okay. so Epics um, stands for Engineering Projects and Community Service, and okay. and Epics is committed to providing students uh, a a client based project experience. Um, whenever they take it. So um, at, as a first year student, you would be on a team that would likely have like leadership from uh, higher level students, possibly a project that's been going on for a while. And so an established relationship with a community partner uh, to basically have students designing things that serve a community partner. Um, so it, it makes it, you know, it's the intent is it makes it more real. Uh, right. it, you actually have, um, there's some local benefit that happens mm -hmm. as a result mm -hmm. of your work. The work that you're doing actually is giving back. 
Exactly. And you feel that, you know, that gratification. Right. To, I mean, and yep. to a local, to a local partner. Right. Uh, as opposed to sort of that ambiguous, like it's, you know, your partner with a company <laughs> and maybe something <laughs> happens in that company that, you know, has an impact, but you may, maybe don't see it. On a daily basis. Yeah. Locally community. or for years. Right. right. Yeah. You can, you can see the impact with epics and that right. it's really cool. And yeah. it's a good way to apply the skills that you're learning in your course to an actual project. Yeah, and so then, um, so then there's this um, there's this VIP program which um, is has a similar model, mm-hmm. but instead of having like a community partner, it's like a, a research faculty partner. Okay. So the idea is uh, like, oh, what if we did this, but. Like it, this is for students who might be thinking about like a more of an academic career or a research mm-hmm. career at uh, a, like a, our research and development kind of career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they could um, so they partner with someone who has a research project locally, usually with a faculty member, but not necessarily. Um, and so they get that ex- same experience of having like a real partner to work with, but in this case, the 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 deliverable, the outcome is like focused on a research element. Yeah, it's a great yeah. way to get involved with research day one. I know we get a lot of questions of how do you get involved in undergraduate research and VIP track is a great way to do that. It is, it is. Um, you know, and, and they also potentially have teams that have students f- who are like also um, upper division kind of things in those yeah. partnerships because those labs might have students and grad students uh, from that are higher level partnering with those students. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's um, and then there's the honors program mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you know if you specifically want to graduate with honors, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of courses that have um, specifically targeted at honors. Uh, the intent is to provide um, sort of this um, richer challenge, uh, along with being in a classroom with people who are also up for that kind of thing. Um, and these students do need to be a part. I don't want to just interject. Go. These students yep. do need to be a part of the honors college, correct? To take part in the honors program, That's honors engineering program. Um, and then uh, what's kind of the focus of those courses? Do you know kind of like in, into like, is there, is there any way they specialize or yeah, what is so, the, kind I mean, of the distinguishing? So part of it is sort of that same general people need to figure out where they want to go with their where major. Part of it yep. is sort of what are those fundamental skills that they need. But the honors program, the, the track for honors engineering is, um, has one other specific, t- um, uh, Differentiated? Differentiation, which yeah. is um, that um, their course is actually partnered with the physics sequence. Oh, okay. Yep. Awesome. The, that so, introductory mechanics physics. Exactly. Right? So when students go through that, the honors engineering, they also get credit for the first physics class. Oh, wow. And, uh, and in doing so, right, the course can actually integrate the two so that when they're teaching the physics, it's specifically in the context of engineering. The project. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And then that last so big right, one. and then the um, the majority of our students um, go through um, the what we call transforming ideas to innovation one and two. It's a two course sequence, uh, and uh, that is the one that I have taught in for for a bunch of years. Um, I mean, I've been at Purdue since <laughs> two thousand six, and most of those years I've been teaching in first year engineering um, because I love it and seem to be working out for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, you know, whereas the whereas Epics is sort of you know very much you're going to have a community partner, mm-hmm. right? And yep. VIP, you're going to have a research partner. Um, many of those also have um, a, like a real client. Yeah. Um, it, when I've done it, um, I've partnered with a middle school teacher, 
for students to be developing a project for middle school students. Yeah, I've yeah. partnered with um, Kimberly Clark uh, with yeah. students developing. Yeah, so I mean, so it's not like the that um, the that track that most of the students are in. It's not like that doesn't have uh, or it doesn't ever have partners, right? Um, but but not always, right? Not always. Um, partly right. because. Uh, with that many students, it could be overwhelming if we had to find, you know, like a Community, partner yeah. for yeah. all of those things. We'd run out of partners, maybe. I think. <laughs> yeah. Or people get really frustrated with it's like, oh my god, like, so many. Yeah. Um, one of the cool partners that I actually had because I did the transforming ideas innovation. Uh-huh. Um, so my professor actually did research and work um, abroad, and so my one of my partners was actually a school in Kenya where we were teaching the students. Um, and, and I know and your creating, professor was. You know exactly who it was. Um, she uh, we worked to actually create a solar and water conservation um, chip. Um, so that way we could teach the students how to monitor their solar and water use and also how to track, you know, how much solar is being there, is, is actually being tracked at that moment through a sensor. Um, and with that was able to allocate their solar panels to actually be the most efficient they could be. Um, I was awesome. I mean, I didn't <laughs> think I would ever get to do that type of work. And here I am, you know, standing to this day, yeah. being able to do that kind of work. And that was a really cool part just of one of the programs and just one of the many classes that you could have taken there. Um, and then the ideas innovation is just one of the professors that teaching it and all of them have very unique experiences they bring to the table, which is great. Did you do ideas yeah. innovation? No, I actually did the uh, honors track. You did. Okay. And so one of the cool projects in that one, what well, is the two big robotics projects each mm-hmm. semester? So you have one in the fall, one in the spring, the fall one we had to make, uh, it's a Mars cargo rover uh, <laughs> simulated with Legos, of course, because uh, we aren't enough. We don't have the capability to actually get them to Mars for the first year engineering class. If only we could. We, yes. We're heading that way, maybe. Uh, eventually, one day. Uh, and then the second one was a disaster response uh, vehicle. And so it had to automatically navigate a maze, characterize hazards, make a map of where it was going wow. so that you could find a safe route to get to the area that you needed to deliver these relief supplies to and so that you could then find your way back. And so it was really cool (laughs) to be able to apply the engineering design process to a longer, more semester-long design project like that uh, because you definitely had to go through multiple iterations before you got something that drove forward and turned properly. (laughs) And I think one of the pivotal parts or kind of the, you know, the, the really unique aspects of first year engineering, especially by bringing all students in, in the first year engineering program, is that all of these teams were interdisciplinary, right? Yes. And, and that was, I think, such a cool thing. I mean, I'm a biomed by, you know, by discipline, but I was working with students who were mechanical, working with students who were civil and electrical focused, um, as well as all the other majors. I think we had a nuclear on our team at one point. And it was funny you know, seeing the kind of the, the, the merging of perspectives and how we approach some of our projects, because certain students would have, you know, great qualities and they, you know, jumped on them for the advantages of that project. But then they also were able to help teach other students and they're kind of based on what their high school experiences were, but also kind of what they figured out at college. And that was, I thought, a great part of first year engineering that I actually got to work with people who weren't just biomeds. I got to actually, you know, see the other sides of engineering with that. I'm guessing that's kind of the big goal with first year engineering that you've seen, Dr. Olin. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, and you've you've been through it, right? I mean, for years now, I mean, our classrooms, the whole time you've been in school, our Mm -hmm. our classrooms are designed around students functioning in a team. Yes. And that makes it so much, I mean, like, uh, even when our even when our classes are large right, and they're different sizes depending on which of those tracks you go in, right? Um, but the students never say anything about the size of the class because most of the time the class seems like it's four people, 
Yeah. Yeah. Your your team is all you're working on <laughs> basically everything with. And so you, you don't even pay attention to the fact that there's like 76 other kids in the class. In the class. And it's right here, actually. That it's the first engineering program is right here in this brand new building we are actually yep. filming in today. Um, Dudley yeah. and Lambert is the Gateway Complex. And those, I mean, the rooms upstairs, I saw them. They're awesome. I mean, they are great. Like 10, 15 TVs. You can see it at any angle. Yep. But the, the biggest You can write on the tables. They are whiteboard tables. We were talking about whiteboard yep. walls. The white one of walls. Our episodes. Those walls. are great. Those are. I mean, it just mm -hmm. it's really built for collaboration, and that I think is something you, it, we we don't we just show you. I mean, it's you know it's there. It, that's that's kind of how we build our classrooms. So that's really really cool that you know that's first year engineering, and that's what at Purdue is. So, yeah, and I, I feel like one of the really cool things is that collaboration extends beyond just the first year program, mm -hmm. and is really at the core of our engineering program as a whole here because we're striving to emulate industry in the fact that engineering is not a solo sport you're not no. going to be sitting behind a cubicle typing up equations or doing calculations you're going to be working on a team when you're in industry so we're trying to give you those interpersonal skills right while you're here at school and that, I think, also speaks to one of the courses that students take um, in first year engineering are communications requirements, yeah. right? Written and oral communication. Because not only do we have to write our ideas down and communicate <laughs> them effectively, <laughs> I was going to tell you sitting here today. Um, and I think that was a really cool part that, I, you know, I just, you would think engineering, oh, you're not going to have to talk to anyone. You just crunch the numbers on your table. But you'll find engineering is much, much more than that. And so I love no, that. No, no, it's always started when we, like, when we hear from a student, they're like, like, you know, so why did you choose engineering? Because we ask students that occasionally, right? And some of the students are like, oh, like, I was just really trying to make sure I didn't have to write again. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-uh. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, 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 I, I really enjoyed my writing courses at, at, at Purdue. Um, and and it, it also gave me a new perspective as well because they were hosted by other departments, the liberal arts department and the, you know, um, the communications department because, it, it you know, again, Expanding your skills, not just within College of Engineering, but also outside it onto the Purdue campus was, I think, one of the I, one of the hallmarks that I liked about it as well. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, I guess our we talked a little bit about the projects that we were able to work on. Have you heard of any cool, unique first-year engineering projects that students have gotten to now You work mentioned on? your Kimberly Clark. Yep. Um, I guess, what was that one, or did you hear any others you want to highlight as oh, well? So, You've got so plenty. Actually, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about the one that I partnered with the middle school teacher. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it was just wild. So I ended up um, teaching a section that had three learning communities in it. Okay. okay. Three, like, three different ones, Three right? different ones. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, so, um, first year engineering band and orchestra, which, uh, I mean, there are a ton of engineering students who are involved in musical programs, which is awesome. Yeah. So we had like, I don't know, I think we had like 40 students in 120 person classroom that were affiliated with the first year engineering band and orchestra. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, actually it was more than that. That was like more than half. It was like 60 or more. Wow. Okay. Um, then another chunk of students were in the global engineering that was that me. Was okay. Yep, that was me as well. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, was it Global Engineering Programs and Practices or something? Yeah, GEPP. You yeah, got yeah. it. Yep, yep. Um, that was their learning community. And then there was the Ideas Learning Community, which is Integrating Diversity Through Education and Service. You got it all. Okay. You got it wow. all. Yep. Woo. <laughs> um, right, which was sort of like an epicsy kind of one, even though okay. there's a separate epics learning community. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, wow. I like I. These are all students who signed up for a specific kind of learning experience. Mm -hmm. I have to have a project that like works for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Boy. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. So, <laughs> that was a challenge. I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's go. Um, so the project was this. Um, students would, uh, the, the end deliverable was uh, a, 
a visit from a bunch of middle school students. Okay. In my classroom. <laughs> right. And and they were gonna they were gonna have like an exhibit that would teach these students about a musical instrument. Okay. Bands and orchestra. Yeah. Got it. Band and orchestra people. And uh, they had to have um, they had to have share information about sort of the cultural background about the instrument. Ideas. Yep. Hunts the, well, uh-huh. the global engineering. And the global thing, as well. Right? Yep. So it was sort of like the oh, like this is a didgeridoo, and didgeridoos are like traditionally um, only played by men in a religious context, and yada yada yada. Right. So I'm not going to play this for you because that would be weird because that's <laughs> yeah. And right. But then and the students are saying to me, they're like, do, do we have to? like make an Play, instrument, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it could get super complicated if sure. you have a lot of students having to build a thing, right? Yep. And, and and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I don't need you to build an instrument for me, mm-hmm. but if a whole bunch of middle school students come in and yep. you're telling them about a thing, they're going to want a thing to hold. Uh-huh. Yep. And probably play. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, <sighs> okay, so like I had, I mean, I had everything from um, like like um, like the kind of drum that you sit on and play. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. To uh, it's called like a, a cajon or something, and then there was a um, someone made an alpine horn. Oh wow! Geez, which wow, was nuts, right? <laughs> um, other students went much smaller with like um, different types of flutes uh, mm-hmm. or a, uh, like a finger, a thumb piano kind of thing. Wow. And uh, which, I mean, which the nightmare of those things, of course, is like tuning them. Um, (laughs) I mean, they had great exhibits with, uh, you know, with stuff. And some people had like recorded music with the stuff and whatever. And so the teacher comes in, the students are there. And like, so I've got my rubric, which is like, this is how I'm grading your thing. And the Mm -hmm. students know Uh what that is. But they also know that the students are going to rate them too. Oh, the middle school uh, students—they're the hard to please. Oh, <laughs> they can be. It was, yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it was an it was an awesome day. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So that I mean, and being able to merge all those different learning communities and groups together—crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and for context, for some of our viewers, the <laughs> learning communities are um, groups of students who have shared similar interests in a certain thing, like global engineering or bands and orchestra. Um, there are 11 of them housed within the College of Engineering, and you can find them online, actually. Um, and a lot of them have a living community associated with it. So you live alongside yep. those other students. Um, so for more information, you can just Google, you know, Purdue Engineering Learning Communities, I'm guessing, online. That would do it. Um, mm-hmm. And that would do it. That'll pull it up. And, and that's one thing I always say to look into because it's a really cool aspect. I was in the Global Engineering Program, um, and I really got to learn a lot about multi- multiculturalism and working with teams abroad language barriers, technical language when you're doing... Hence the fact that you end up with the Kenya Project. Kenya Project. Mm -hmm. I was like, after I realized, yeah, that was probably the connection there. But (laughs) it's still, um, we had students not in the GEPP program in our class, which was awesome. I mean, that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, But that's definitely, learning communities are a great way, you know, to to, to enhance your engineering experience here. Yeah, and to take an interest and just make Purdue's community smaller right away. Exactly. It's a big campus, but uh, you can definitely find people with shared interests, and that's one of the oh, yeah. formal like we, ways I, that you can find I, it. I can always tell if I'm working with like with a learning community <laughs> classroom because on day one, they're already making noise. <laughs> yeah. They're not the quiet group. Yep. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they, no, they all know each other. They're well already. comfortable already, right? I mean, and so the, with the, um, the others, like, I mean, like this semester – they didn't really start making a lot of noise until after we like they were in their regular team mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they got to meet the same four people for a couple of classes and now like okay now it's getting loud I'm like yeah, this is good yeah. there it is <laughs> you knew that those connections had been made 
Um, and then kind of a, another question that we sometimes get is, you know, what are some of the common struggles that students have in this first year engineering program? And then what resources do we have to help them kind of succeed in that? So what are some of those struggles that people run into a lot that you see with your students? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, um, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest problem is uh, students come to us. I mean, many of our students come to us and they're like, I've never gotten less than an A on anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of high-achieving students at Purdue. Yes. <laughs> right? And so <laughs> suddenly they're like surrounded by a bunch of other high-achieving students. And now in first year, we're committed like – if everyone like if everyone still does an exceptional job, everyone can still succeed. Get an like, A. Right? You're not yeah, competing against other yeah. students, and that's huge. Um, nevertheless, like a bunch of students are like, uh, you know, they're they're seeing new things. The mm-hmm. material is maybe at a quicker pace mm-hmm. than they've had before, um, but at the same time, they're also making all this adjustment to college life, right? And then, like, I have a student standing in front of me, and it's like it's the first time, and it's and it's not even a final grade of less than an A, right? Yeah, because they're probably it's, gonna it's like get the an A semester grade. Yeah, yeah, they're probably gonna get an A in the course, right? But they got like less than an A on one thing assignment, whether right. it's a, uh, <laughs> whether it's a homework assignment or a test or whatever, right? And they're like, and like, I mean, honestly, like, mm-hmm. like the lip is quivering, and the you know, and I'm like, <laughs> like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so that's, I mean, the biggest is just this ad- adjustment of expectations, right? I mean, yes. part of engineering mm-hmm. is uh, is failure. Like, we, you, you learn from your mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and the second part, really, is uh, in first-year engineering, as well as around Purdue, like, we don't stigmatize mental health issues. No. We don't stigmatize the struggles that students go through, right? So um, so when it comes to providing resources, like, it's just a matter of figuring out what, right? What works best. So some yeah. students have accommodations, like, uh, like I... I can't like I can't really focus on taking a test when I'm surrounded by 120 people who are all stressing out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Like, yep. and we have a solution for that. Uh, you know, or it's, I mean, I've had students. Um, one of my teams came to me. Like, there are three students, and I know that one of the students is missing. I'm like, okay, like, where's the fourth? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like where's Kim? Right. And they're like, uh, okay. So, like, Kim reached out to us. Kim's father is like dying in Korea, so wow. he's gone. I'm like. Ooh. Wow. Okay, so mm-hmm. Korea is in a very different time zone. Yes, have you worked out like, you know, when he's not attending to his father? Like, are you in touch with Kim? And they're like, yes, we are. I'm like, Perfect. cool. If you can work it out and like, and and he can stay involved, it, we're done. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to be mm-hmm. involved, mm-hmm. and and everything's fine. But like, when students need stuff from us, whether it's a reference to, you know, advising or mental health services mm-hmm. or um or if it's like i mean we we're super transparent about a lot of the academic stuff so like in class uh, we have a test coming up in first year <laughs> um you know uh, in you can class, tell starting to get a little nervous in class there. yesterday <laughs> right there you know they're, they're freaking out right and i'm like okay so first the entire all of the instructions for the exam are already posted okay mm-hmm. so like read those now read them, please <laughs> to make sure one that they make sense but two that will let you think about like what you're going to expect, right? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so the stuff I'm teaching today, I, I say to my students, the stuff I'm teaching today isn't on the exam because you don't have time to to practice that thing, mm-hmm. get feedback on that thing, and know what you're doing. So we're not going to – that's not on the test, right? And they're like, oh, 
Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know, they're not. You're not out to get them. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then, like, and on on our um, on our learning management system, there's like a, a list. Like, these are the learning objectives for this exam. Right. And it's literally a list of you should be able to do this and this and this and this and this. Right. Yep. And I tell my students, read the list. <laughs> if you read a thing and you're like, I can do that, you probably don't need to spend a lot of time studying that thing. Right. But if the next thing on the list is like, I don't know if I know how to do that. <laughs> Mm, then that studying. will be on the exam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So part of it is just, I mean, we, the, a bunch of the supports are just built in for everybody, whether they need them or not. Right. And then for the students who need any other kinds of supports, uh, then, you know, we're just like, like, we just need to figure out what is it that you need mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll direct you to the right place. That's awesome. And that, that they can go to their professor, too, because I know uh, the common misconception with coming to college is that your professors are unreachable. They're just doing research and you never get to mm-hmm. talk to them. But I mean, first of all, we're sitting here with a professor. Definitely not also, the case. <laughs> but that hearing that is so great because, you know, it kind of takes out that stigma that, you know, they're unreachable. They're not here because you guys are humans, too. And you want us to succeed. You're not out here to fail us all. And you are mm-hmm. really, you know, you're committed. This is why you took the job is because you want students to learn. Um, so it's great to hear that on that side. And, and I know um, it's really, we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, is that it's just reaching out and, and finding what works best for you, right? And, and the needs that you have in any way, shape, or form, finding that as well and kind of what, you know, works yeah. best. Mm-hmm. You got to take the the initiative. I said that in our last episode. <laughs> it's true. It is. You, you have to take the step to uh, find and achieve the resources that you need to succeed. And whether that you actually need a resource or you just need to mm-hmm. sit and decompress on your own. One of the, as you said, and failure is something that you're going to experience part of in life. engineering, in life, just in general. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about the fact that you can pick yourself back up and continue moving forward and learn from any mistakes that you made. That that's what really defines uh, an engineer. And I think part the, of it. Yeah. And the courses, I mean, and, and the subjects that I've learned the most from are the ones that I failed big time. <laughs> I got that, you know, that C or D or whatever it was, the grade on my exam. And I just looked at it and I, you know, was like, oh, but it really pushed me to learn and and then also adjust to what is actually being asked of me as a person and, and asked me as a student. And I think that was one of the big things that, you know, is a part of engineering. And I think that all starts from the first year engineering is that really figuring out, you know, what do you need as a person, but also how do you, you know, prepare yourself personally to succeed? Mm-hmm. And I think that feeds into this one last question we have for you, Dr. Oland. <laughs> Is Purdue Engineering or the first year engineering program a weed out program? That's always a big one. I, I should have done my quotation marks. I'm doing them right now yep. for those listening online. Is it a weed out program? Well, yeah, we get that a lot. We get that question <laughs> a lot, right? Uh, from students who either, you know, they're worried that it is or they, they, they've heard that it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so no. <laughs> Ooh, uh, sigh of relief there for yeah. everyone listening. Ooh, okay. Um, so, I mean, engineering generally isn't a weed out program. Um, the, uh, we were talking about this earlier. Like some of my research is actually on this um, where uh, we, w- when we lose students from engineering, other students don't take their place. Mm-hmm. So what happens is our students, like, they see people sort of disappear. <laughs> and and so even the students in the program sometimes feel like it's a weed-out program because, oh, like, I'm, we're losing some students. Everybody loses some students because, like, sometimes life happens, mm-hmm. but also people, mm-hmm. like, find something else that they're more passionate about. And, and if that's what happens in that first year when students are, like, trying to figure out what 
you know, what yeah. engineering major they're in. Mm-hmm. If in fact what they find out is like, oh my God, I'm like super passionate about a different thing. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yep. good. good. Like you yeah. found it. Do that thing. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, right. I mean, you know, and, and people are like, oh, like, you know, do people drop out of engineering because it's hard? And like, ah, like that kills me too. Because um, I, I, what I tell my students is everything is hard if you want to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not like engineering is harder than the other things. It's just different hard. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the work wherever you're going to be if you want to get somewhere. Not everything's just going to come, right? you got to actually do the work. But also, if you're doing what you love, you should enjoy it along the way. Even if it is hard. Mm -hmm. If it's the right fit for you, it's going to be rewardingly hard. Yep. All right. Uh, so thank you so much, Dr. Olin, That's for joining us uh, and for your insights. We really enjoyed having you on this episode. Uh, we do have one more question uh, before y- we uh, sign you <laughs> off. Uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give to an uh, incoming first-year engineering student? Wow. There's so many. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like picking your favorite child, right? <laughs> Which piece of advice do you want to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think just sort of don't sweat the small stuff, yeah. I think is the, is a biggie, right? I mean, um, the, you know, the big picture is, uh, you know, we've got a lot of support around here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't be embarrassed to seek it. Um, but you know, also don't like, don't worry about the, you know, the point here, the point here right. on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, referencing your you know the the failure is an option uh, it's always an option like yeah i got a d plus in linear algebra and differential equations like it's, and it's, here you are as a it, successful career it's, it's working not okay. gonna hold you back yeah uh so yeah so so yeah don't don't spend the small stuff and ask for help when you need it that's a great piece of advice, great piece of advice. Um, and i know that as i've learned as a college student i'm sure calvin as well you've mm-hmm. learned recently that it is i, I mean Getting down to the nitty gritty of it, it's not about the points; it's about the experience, and it's about and it's about the learning. learning. Yeah. That concludes this week's podcast. As always, please reach out to the Office of Future Engineers with any further questions. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, y'all! It's us again. Uh, we have many opportunities for you to actually connect with our podcast. Yeah, so you can uh, send an email to the email down below on your screen and uh, send us a picture of you enjoying your coffee break with us, you and your coffee mug. Yes, send us a selfie. And if uh, also, send us your mug if you want to be featured at the podcast. We have our address um, also linked below if you would like to send us our mug. And we'd love to feature your mug on our podcast with our next upcoming episodes. Thank you so much. See you guys next time.